I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and I'm an informationaholic. You hear a lot of life hackers talking about practicing a low information diet. Indeed, we live in an age of infinite information, yet we have very finite time and attention. A lot of life hackers decry constant information consumption as a distracting practice. And Bruce Lee actually had something really insightful to say about this. Check it out. In the first episode of the Limitless Mindset podcast, we gave a definition to life hacking, which is a strategy that you use to leverage your time, your money, your resources, or your relationships to accomplish bigger goals faster. I'd like to add a little bit to that definition. In the most recent interview we did on the podcast with Commander Mark Devine, who's a 20-year veteran of the U.S. Navy SEALs, Commander Devine said something really profound. He said that if you're trying to hack something, then you're obviously trying to keep something out of your life. And this made me think about one of my very favorite Bruce Lee quotes in the whole world. So Bruce Lee said that, I fear not the man who has practiced 10,000 kicks one time. I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times. It's not about the daily increase. It's about the daily decrease. Hack away at the unessential. So that's what Bruce Lee had to say about life hacking. Now, your time and your attention are more finite than you know. So I hope that you'll think about what it is that you can hack at in your life? What is the unessential that you can get rid of? And then you'll start hacking away at it today. A lot of people do get distracted by the overwhelming amount of information available at our fingertips at any given moment, and it prevents them from living happy, productive lives. To combat this, I've developed an information consumption regimen that is highly efficient. So I present the components and the methodologies of the high leverage information diet to you in this video. Reading, yes, books. I'm a big believer in this old fashioned medium of wisdom. With very few exceptions, I learn more from books than I do from podcasts, YouTube video, blogs, or other new media formats. On the whole, significantly more work and attention goes into books by the writer. The differentiating characteristic of blogs, podcasts, and YouTube is the dirt cheap or non-existent cost of entry. Literally, all you need is an internet connection and you can create and syndicate content. The content creator 
is not actually invested anything other than a little bit of their own leisure time. These content creators will chronically prioritize quantity over quality, and bloggers don't really ponder deeply or ask others to challenge their ideas so that they can be refined. It's really tantamount to diarrhea of the mind. There's just no filter for quality. They have no incentive to fact check the information they put out. If they completely misquote a source or get something wrong, they can just update their blog. But let's be honest, few will. On the other hand, an author writing a book is looking at a minimum investment of at least $900 just to get the book edited. If they get something wrong in the book once it's published, printed, and on people's bookshelves, they can't recall it, and their reputations will face dire consequences. The world of literature is the closest thing to a meritocracy or free market of ideas. Outside of a few examples of pop culture smut, the best ones rise to the top. For example, flow states are probably one of the most popular topics that have arisen in the personal development world in the past two years. If you tune into any personal development podcast or YouTube channel, you'll hear the phrase flow state bandied about liberally. Two older novels, Memoir from Ant Proof Case and Atlas Shrugged, published in 1995 and 1957 respectively, that I've read in the past year actually talk a lot about flow states allegorically and contained some real gems of knowledge on the topic. I'm convinced that really good fiction and nonfiction contains the seeds of what will be the game changers in the personal development world in the next 10 to 15 years. About a year ago, I made a resolution to drastically cut down the amount of time that I spent reading blogs. And since that time, I've read eight books, including, as I mentioned, Atlas Shrugged, which is 1,100 pages. These books that I've read have subtly yet profoundly transformed me into a more happy and productive person, which I can't say about all the blog content I was consuming. So I encourage you to do the same. Then there's the cost factor. When you pay for something, even when the cost is very little, it flips a subtle yet profound switch in our psychology that motivates us to work really hard, follow through and accomplish our goals. I really think that reading blogs and other personal development content, which is free, is almost useless for this reason. Books cost money, but are relatively inexpensive to other paid mediums of learning and instruction, especially with Kindle and digital delivery lowering the cost of books to below $10 in most cases. If you're a person that always consumes free content because 
It's free. Try paying for some content instead and just see how much more value you get out of it. I suspect it will be a night and day difference. Reading is something that's really difficult to prioritize doing. I can always find something that's more important or more diverting to do than read. So I make it a habit in coach.me to read 30 to 60 minutes daily. This provides an extra dimension of motivation. And as you can see here, for a super busy guy, I actually read very consistently 30 to 60 minutes a day. Kindle. So while a younger version of myself was a voracious page turner, I'm an adopter of new technology when it's superior. In this case, Kindle really does improve upon the reading experience. Its intuitive highlighting and note-taking features make it easier than ever to record and remember meaningful passages from books. Personally, I actually prefer the Kindle app over the devices for reasons that I'll detail. It's free, it's one less piece of technology I need to worry about, and Possibly most importantly, it's sleep friendly with a night mode. This is a feature that amazingly the Kindle devices don't have. Here's a sleep hack for those of us who find reading before bed incredibly relaxing and aren't planning on giving it up anytime soon. We all know that the bright screen light can be a big problem, that it disrupts our sleep. So I spend about an hour before bed reading on the Kindle app on my smartphone with the black background and white text. I turn the brightness of the screen all the way down in the Kindle app. And then I use another app called Screen Dimmer for Android that lets me turn down the screen brightness even further. I read in a darkened room before bed and I turn the brightness down as low as possible without straining my eyes. I also turn off Wi-Fi on my smartphone so I'm not tempted to text message, check Facebook, or other time-wasting, narcissistic app usage. If you enjoy listening to music while reading, you can actually create a playlist in SoundCloud and you play it a couple of times and then it will save the music to the cache of your device and then you can listen to it offline. Maybe most importantly, Kindle only allows me to consume the books that I've actually bought, that I've actually spent money on. So I'm devoting that 30 to 60 minutes to high quality content before I doze off into the dream world. Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset coming to you actually from my bathroom because this is a place where I actually do a lot of my speed reading for retention of the books that I read. So 
This video is going to address a problem that I think anyone who reads quite a bit can identify with. And the problem is that if you're honest with yourself, you forget the vast majority of the information that you spend so much time reading. You spend 10 to 20 hours reading in between 200 to 600 pages of a given book and how much of that information do you really commit to memory and can you recall it and apply it exactly when you need. And I was listening to a, a podcast recently and the guy on the podcast was talking about this problem. He was saying, you know what? There's just no point to reading dense nonfiction books because it takes so much time to read books and you're just going to forget the things that you read anyways. So there's really no point to reading books at all, <laughs> which I think is a little bit pessimistic. And I think on like a really gut foundational level, we, we know that's not true because whenever we hear really successful people talk about like what are the really important ingredients of their success they always say that they do a lot of reading that's like a cornerstone whenever we hear from you know people that are billionaires people that have huge companies that have huge audiences people that are just really recognized globally as wise people they're always really really well read people but there is some truth to this. Like about, I'd say about five years ago, I read probably about six of Donald Trump's books about business. And if you ask me to name off the top of my head, what are the themes of some of these books? What are the things that I learned from Donald Trump? Boy, I don't even know if I could name six things. It'd be like, well, Donald Trump doesn't like to shake hands. And Donald Trump believes that you should yell at your subcontractors if they aren't giving you a good deal. Uh, Donald Trump likes to fire people. Again, I don't have a whole lot of information that still bubbles up to the surface from the six books that I probably spent a lot of time reading. Okay. So the good news is I've got a really sweet life hack for this particular problem. And it's going to require a Kindle, either the device itself or just the application that goes on your smartphone. It's going to require Evernote and it's going to require an application or a piece of software called Spritz. Here's how it works. You're going to be doing your reading in Kindle, which is probably what a lot of you use right now for reading, and you're going to highlight different passages in Kindle that you either want to remember or you find them particularly actionable. And highlighting in Kindle is super easy. They couldn't have made it more intuitive and easy for you. You can, easy, you can even delineate with a little bit different colors of highlighter in the application. And then once you finish a particular book, 
you're going to go and open up Kindle on your desktop. Kindle has also a free desktop client you can open up on your laptop or Mac or whatever. And you can take a look at all of the sections that you highlighted and any notes that you did along with them. So if you're like me, you're a pretty liberal highlighter. After you're done with a book, you'll have like 50 or 60 passages that you found particularly interesting that'll show up there on the desktop version. Now you're going to open up Evernote and within Evernote you're going to have a specific notebook. You could call it books and in that notebook each book is going to get its own Evernote note. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and copy and paste the sections that I highlighted in the book that I found particularly interesting into the Evernote notebook. So I'm going to end up having about 60 passages in that Evernote notebook. Now this is where Spritz comes in and Spritz is an application that does rapid serial presentation of words. So it reads you in between 500 to 1000 words per minute and it does it really fast. It's actually pretty pretty rad. Like you'll use it and you'll be like, "Wow, I did not know that I could read at that particular speed." And after you do a little bit of practice with it, you'll be up there to a thousand words per per minute. Now, obviously your reading comprehension is going to take a hit reading at this accelerated velocity. However, for our purposes, what we're doing is we're just reviewing information that we've already spent 20, 10 to 20 hours consuming the old-fashioned way, right? So the information is already up here, it's already in our subconscious. We just want to stimulate those neurons a little bit so that we're keeping that information a little bit fresher in our minds. And for this purpose, Spritz works beautifully. So what I do is every time I finish a book I do this little export process and then I create a bookmark on the home screen of my smartphone that goes to that notebook that has all the books that I've read in Kindle and then anytime that I go to the bathroom or I've got a minute or two of downtime all the knowledge of the books that I've read is just a tap or a click or two away from me. I'll go ahead and open up that and I'll pick a book that I'd like to review. I will open up the book and then I'll open up the note in Evernote and then Evernote has the, the share function for any given note and then what I can do is I can share that note to the Spritz application. In the case of Android, there's a really good application called A Faster Reader, which I'll link to below this video that seems to work really well. For iPhone, there's something comparable. You'll just have to do a search. So I'll share it to the Spritzing application, and then it will speed read me the parts of that book that I found most useful and usually like I said it speed reads it so fast usually I'll be able to reconsume my favorite parts of any given book in less than 
30 seconds. And this is a way less than maybe in between 30 to 60 seconds. So this is a way that the books that I read, I can make sure that that's time, very, very well spent. I can make sure that that is not information that kind of just gets lost in the, the, the subconscious of my mind. So this is something taking advantage of what's called the memory spacing effect. I, I hope that you do it and uh, leave me a comment. Let me know what books you are following up on, what books you are retaining as a result of this. Oh, let's see, one other thing. So some people might say, well, it's, you know, it's, it's really inconvenient doing that copy and pasting from Kindle over to Evernote. You know, Kindle doesn't style its notes. It's not the, the most intuitive little application to copy and paste out of. Yeah, that's true. It's going to take you about five minutes of really boring copying and pasting to get it over to Evernote. But if that five minutes can allow you to retain the knowledge for years that you spent 10 to 20 hours reading in a given book, then I think it's five minutes really well spent. Blogs. So there are a couple of blogs which I follow that do a good job of keeping me on the cutting edge of the industries in which I dabble. But there's also some tools I use to make sure that the time suck of reading these blogs is minimized. Feedly is probably the best RSS reader available as a very intuitive web browser tool and a smartphone app. With just a few clicks, you can add your favorite blogs, podcasts, or YouTube channels, and Feedly will notify you in a very non-intrusive way when they put out new content. You read the articles in Feedly's minimalistic app so you're not getting distracted by website sidebars or pop-ups. Evernote. Sometimes people will send me studies to read or there will be a really long article on conversion optimization that I really want to thoroughly understand. So I will save it to my Evernote's stuff to read folder. Please see the short article I wrote on how to manage this particular article so that you end up reading more and procrastinating less. It's linked below this video. What about watch time? So I reserve my time in front of the tube, whether that's television, YouTube, Netflix, or whatever, for my hour two type tasks. These are the tasks that involve a lot of like rote processes and they require very little of my creative energy or decision-making abilities. As a veteran web developer, about 40% of my work falls into this category. Let's start with the big one. YouTube is actually one of my favorite content mediums, but I'm definitely not watching cute cat videos or music videos. I spend the majority of my, 
I spend most of my time consuming long-form, detailed content, and my viewership breaks down something like this. Funny stuff is about 5%, news and current events about 5%, philosophy 10%, health 20%, history 20%, social dynamics 10%, personal development 10%, business and entrepreneurship 10%, and web development and SEO is about 10%. I almost never only watch YouTube. I always multitask YouTube with some other project. As you can see here, my really simple way of doing this is just to place my phone in the lower corner of my computer and charge it via USB while watching. Also, a lot of times I will actually wear two pairs of headphones simultaneously, which kind of makes me look like a weirdo, but it allows me to multitask watching a documentary on Adolf Hitler while at the same time doing video editing for a client. No surprise, I'm a big fan of documentaries. My favorite website for finding interesting documentaries is topdocumentaryfilms.com, a categorized and constantly updated database of over 3,000 free films. So what about Netflix? Well, this game-changing service can be a serious waste of time. How many people have exchanged having a fulfilling social life, furthering their education, writing a book, or pursuing really meaningful personal development in exchange for hundreds of hours spent in front of a glowing screen watching free streaming movies on Netflix or those addictive long-form television commercials. But yes, I actually have a Netflix account. So what is the life hack for enjoying Netflix but avoiding Netflix creep? I only activate my account for a month at a time, once every six to nine months. Then I go back into my account settings, cancel my monthly billing, and delete the streaming app from my phone. I make sure I don't let it auto-renew. I set a reminder in my calendar to cancel the billing the day before it's set to renew. And Netflix saves all your settings and your list for a year after you cancel. So I add another reminder for about 11 months out to reactivate my billing. What about movies? Unless it's going to the cinema with friends or on a lazy Sunday afternoon, I almost never watch movies unless I find some philosophical value in them like the excellent Schindler's List or Valkyrie, which I watched recently. Listening. Podcasts for me are a very low-width bandwidth requiring medium. While there are some real quality podcasts out there, they are largely an amateur's medium. I really don't think podcasts deserve much attention, which is why I listen to them while I'm working on projects that take up most of my attention, like web development or reading papers on smart drugs. 
Despite this criticism, I actually listen to a lot of podcasts and I have a bit of a regimen that I practice though. In the earlier part of the day, I will listen to the more content-dense podcasts that are about more technical subjects like health and web development. And later in the day, I will switch to lighter podcasts that have a little bit more entertainment value. So personal development, philosophy, and current events, talk shows. If you like podcasts, We hope that you'll check out the Limitless Mindset podcast. We actually turn all of our best content into MP3 audio format. So I hope that you'll subscribe through the link that you can find below this video. Audiobooks are a little bit more deserving content, which is why I reserve them for when I'm commuting, in the gym, or traveling. Time that I can devote at least 50% of my attention to the audio content. You may want to consider Kindle WhisperSync. This is an audio app that syncs the audiobook version of a book to your progress in the Kindle version. I find audiobooks on Kindle to be a little expensive, but it's kind of a cool option if you have a really long book to consume and are going to be spending a lot of time in the gym or commuting. What about music? So, someone may think that with my obsession with educational content that I never find time to listen to music. Not so. I actually spend probably about 30 to 60 minutes daily listening to music while writing. I prefer listening to music podcasts while writing so I'm not faced with the decision of choosing what music to listen to. On SoundCloud or MixCloud you can subscribe to podcasts for almost any musical genre and they get updated almost weekly. So what about social media? Let's start with the big bad one. Facebook, which is criticized almost universally by productivity gurus, can actually be a pretty useful tool if you configure it just right so that it's not a distraction. Directly or indirectly, Facebook makes me several thousand dollars a year. So I can't as easily justify just deactivating my account and getting rid of it like a lot of people can. A few pointers. Stay away from the news feed. Life is finite while digital distractions are infinite. To combat this reality of your hybrid digital meat space lifestyle, I highly recommend the Newsfeed Eradicator app for Facebook. It turns off the newsfeed that is so ingeniously engineered to distract you. Trust me, you won't miss it. If you use Google Chrome, download this app now. Don't even pause this video. Just click the link in the description below this video for the newsfeed eradicator Google Chrome app. 
remove social media widgets from your phone. Your phone will prompt you to install some cool little widgets on your home screens, displaying recent tweets, status updates from friends, or whatever. These are very tempting to install and glance at from time to time throughout the day while you're using your phone. But believe me, this is a slippery slope down the smooth, tilted screen of your phone to distraction. Uninstall these widgets. You won't miss them and they slow down your phone. What about Twitter, Reddit, StumbleUpon, etc.? I almost never use these sites for content. These sites are not true meritocracies of content, but displayers of advertising and the most clickbait, usually shallow content. A final word on narcissism. So I spend about 10% of my time reading, listening, or watching my own stuff, which sounds a little weird and narcissistic, right? I actually have some good reasons for doing this. It reminds me to choose to be my best self, to be the person I'm displaying to the world online. It keeps my knowledge base fresh about the topics on which I'm ostensibly an expert. I don't remember 100% of all the studies I talk about in my videos or the subtle nuances of how different smart drugs work and it keeps me consistent. Every year we see politicians or public figures making asses of themselves by totally contradicting themselves and things that they said to different groups of people. So I avoid a reputation apocalypse due to a slip of the tongue by reviewing the things I've said before. So if your aspirations include being recognized as a guru of some kind, I really encourage you to spend time every day consuming your own content. Thanks for watching this video. Again, I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and I realize this video is a little bit outside of my normal wheelhouse of talking about like crazy drugs that you can take that will make you work for 14 hours at a time. I want to start diversifying just a little bit into philosophical stuff and personal development stuff that I think can be as important, sometimes more important, than taking all those awesome drugs that we love to throw at our neurobiology. So if you've watched this far into this video, I really appreciate you checking this out, listening to what I have to say about this topic. If you've listened this far into this video, can you do me a favor and please send me a tweet at Jay Roseland just saying, hey man, I watched all the way through your long ass video on high leverage information consumption. I would, I would appreciate that. And also leave a comment on this video. Actually leave me two pieces of information to make this a little bit more interesting. Let me know of the information diet life hacks we've talked about here, which one 
you're going to implement today. And then I want to let, I want to hear what you're going to do with your new free time. Because if you implement everything in this video, you're actually going to free up some time that you're going to be able to do productive things with. And that's kind of like the ultimate bottom line of what we're looking for here. And then second of all, leaving a comment, let me know if there's some other information diet life hacks that you practice that I didn't mention in this video and I would love to spotlight those. Again, Jonathan Roseland with Limitless Mindset. Thanks for watching. Hit the subscribe button wherever it is on the screen and I look forward to a continued conversation with you. An application that does rapid serial presentation of words. So it reads you in between 500 to 1,000 words per minute, and it does it really